Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends, and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. Man, the last few weeks of something new every week has been incredible. This week has been, this week is going to be super duper great because I have the greatest guest ever. Could be the goat of, of our industry. He is one of my, uh, my man crushes. He is one of my favorite people in our community. And, uh, we've had some great guests over the last few years. I finally, finally have the great Tony Corbell with me here this week. Tony, please say hello. You're a nut. How are you, buddy? <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having me on. This is, a, this is a real treat for me. My wife said, no, no, you're doing, another, you're doing another, another one of your little webinar things. I said, no, I'm getting to talk to Jason. And she was like, oh, that's different. <laughs> You'll like that. Yes, I will. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and Tony has always been one of those guys who I've loved to talk to and is one of the most humble and very creative people that I know. He's a long history in our community, has been a, a, a star in, in education for uh, photographers for many, many years. And uh, there's no stopping you. You just keep going too, which is really incredible. I've admired you so much for all the different aspects of your of the of careers that you've had along the years. Well, it goes both ways. I I, I watched you run all over New York City when you were working and shooting, and uh, and when I got the call that you had been picked up for your previous position, I remember thinking how great that was because we all get to work with you then. You know, <laughs> once you took on that WPPI beast of a of a position. And, uh, but it was great. It was great fun. And it, it threw us together a lot more. Which was one of the fun parts. And I remember <laughs> when I was interviewing for that job, um, Lauren Wendell, who was, who was my boss at Emerald, you were one of my references. And she called me and she said, I, I'm just really looking for somebody to give me some bad stuff about you. And nobody wants to say anything bad about you. You're either a really great person or they really, they really fear you. And I said, well, I can assure you it's not because they fear me. <laughs> well, it's, it's been, it's a small world. And, and, you know, at, I guess, uh, those of us that find ourselves in some form or fashion of leadership positions within the industry, you know, it's a pretty small world and everybody knows everybody and you better shoot straight every day and you better never do anything uh, out of the way because it's going to come back and get you. And yeah. uh, so you got to you got to be a good guy. You know, we got to take care of each other. So, yeah, it is. It's a small family <laughs> and uh, the word does get around. It doesn't mean we all trip up now and again and it does stay with you. And uh, that's okay. Is we are all part of growing up, right? I, the one thing that I've True. learned from my 20s to the 30s to 40s and now in my 50s, uh, the trick is minimizing those those trips <laughs> and learning That's from it. the, more importantly, learning from the mistakes that you make. And uh, 
that's that's just the way the way life goes. So one of the places that I want to focus on with you, and for those of you who don't know Tony, Tony is a great photographer and has done many many different kinds of photography over the years. I want to I want to start at the beginning with you because I don't think I know like the beginning history of Tony Carbell. So let's let's start. Tony, when you first got involved in photography, what was the spark? I love hearing the origin story with photography. I, I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the only people you know that uh, never was an amateur photographer. I was never <laughs> a hobbyist. The first picture I ever took was for a paying client. Um, I got a call from my sister's husband, who I was very close to. He was probably my best friend, and he had been a photographer in the Navy, and they open a small little studio in West Texas in the late seventies. And, uh, and he contacted me and said, I think you might make a good photographer. Once you, once you go to work for me and I'll train you to be a photographer. And I went, okay. You know, I was, I was an early twenties kid with not a lot going on. I said, sure, I'll do that. And, uh, so I sat in the back of a dark studio and I watched him shoot every day for about two months. And, uh, two months later he turned me loose and, the first time I pushed the button, I was with a client wow. uh, on a Hasselblad, and uh, you know, it's all—it was always just a job. I'd go home at six o'clock and never think about it again for about a year, and then <laughs> it got me. And then I realized <laughs> what I had on my hands, uh, and I—and I sort of, you know, I sort of knew that I had learned everything I could learn from him, and so I moved to another little town in West Texas, Midland, Texas, and went to work for a guy that was running a very high-end photo studio i mean in 1981 dollars we were we were doing five six hundred thousand a year in weddings and high-end portraits and it was you know peak of the oil boom and there was a lot going on in this little white collar community so i so i learned pretty fast of the things that worked and well mostly i learned what not to do you know <laughs> from that guy uh, sam hollis was his name but uh yeah and i just you know i made i I came to a few forks in the road that maybe four major forks in the road for me uh, in my career. And I think all four of them, I made the right choice and it could have gone south, but, <laughs> but it turned out okay every time. Uh, and one of them was open in my studio there uh, in this little town, uh, Midland, Texas. And I ran the studio for several years and then getting the opportunity that, uh, arose when Dean Collins, a great photographer in San Diego, called me yeah. and said, I need you. And he says, I need to start our, we want to get this publication off the ground better, Fine Light publication. We want to start a series of videos called Fine Light Video, and I can't do this without you. So I sold the studio and moved to San Diego. I did not and know spent that. the next five years producing everything that we produced with Dean educationally out of the studio. Wow. But it taught me a lot. I moved away from you know, portraits and weddings in the early days of, uh -huh. of general being a general small town photographer to really focus on commercial advertising editorial. And that's what I'm still doing right now. I, yeah. mean, I just shot 86 wine bottles last month for a, for a winery, you know, and I'm, I shot uh, desserts this week for a baker and, you know, cupcakes and custom cakes and so I'm shooting a lot of commercial work, which makes me happy. Yeah. I love being in the studio with Doobie Brothers playing very loud and not having to 
be in a good mood for a client. <laughs> Although I love shooting women, I've always loved photographing women. I've always been pretty good at it. Uh-huh. But uh, but no, thankfully I've got a I've got a career that that feeds my soul a bit. The studio's been busy. We've got a beautiful studio here in Oklahoma now, and uh, my wife shoots portraits uh, and families, and I do all the commercial stuff, and it's fantastic. So. Wow! I, yeah, I had How's no that idea. <laughs> yeah, and and I love hearing about that the, the early stuff. I I had no idea that you shot that many weddings to begin with, uh, earlier in, yeah. earlier in your career. So that that's interesting. And uh, um, yeah, I guess in, in a sense, though, we are similar in in. I was never really a hobbyist as well, and like you, uh, I don't know if I ever told you this. I had a. My dad had a family friend who was actually our, our uh, pediatrician, and he had a friend who was a wedding photographer who ran a big studio in, in Rockland County up in New York and where I grew up. And uh, this doctor who took an interest in me from an early age, I have no idea why, he was friends of the family, and he said, you need to call Steve. I called Steve, and next thing I knew, I was holding a light. I was holding a Sunpack 611 on a stick <laughs> every I weekend for things. him. Every weekend for him that I could been in a lot. It was a very Jewish clientele, so we must have we we could shoot eight bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs in a weekend. Absolutely, and, uh, and that was my that was my introduction. I learned a lot about photography very early, and uh, then then went to college for it. And like you, wanted to be a commercial photographer and really enjoyed uh, doing commercial photography. And uh, yeah. did that for a long time. So, like you, I, I uh, that that's a part of the business. And I understand, like when you were working for that big studio where you're bringing in six hundred grand a year, man, those days are those days are long gone. Those days are long gone. <laughs> and 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 the and the funny thing was, while while the studio did well, uh, and the and the studio owner paid me well, uh-huh. uh, we weren't having much fun. No, you know, it was much no. more of a. It was much more of a machine, almost an assembly line production yeah. game. Yeah. And it was a lot less creative. You know, I remember the day that I walked into the back studio. We had four little small shooting areas in his place. And in the on the ground, he had, uh, with black gaffer's tape, he had drawn a big half circle on the floor. And I said, what is that story with the half circle? He says, oh, he says, that's, that's where our main light can travel. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, he said, just keep that main light on that half circle and, and you can't mess up your exposure. Just make sure you stay on that half circle. And I, and I remember thinking, okay, well, my days here are numbered because all of a sudden we uh-huh. just became a production facility, yeah. not a creative workshop. What kind of work were you uh, shooting? Workshop. Well, it was families and high school seniors. Oh, okay. You know, but a lot, but a lot, of, but a lot of families. Okay. And, uh, and couples and engagements and, you know, we'd we did a few weddings together he and i so we did a few brides you know in there okay but uh boy i couldn't wait to to open my studio where you know i removed everything in the world that made me any kind of automated anything (laughs) and everything was customized and this session i used one light that next one i used seven lights this one i used a softbox this one i used uh my diffusion just fell off. This one I used. Uh, <laughs> just the light totally changed. Used, uh, Speaking of light, yeah. All of a sudden, I had a big translucent that, <laughs> that something just happened and it went. But I'm not on camera, right? So yep. that's good. You're still sexy as hell, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So I mean, I learned. I just learned a lot about golly, what not to do, you know? Yeah. And uh, and and for me, I mean, it works for some people. If you've got a 
repetitive business and what you're doing has to be predictable and your shooting schools or volume or all that, that's one thing. But if you are a commercial creative uh, entity where, where you are selling your work as a creative artist, you better not paint yourself into the corner too much. Right. You know? and, and, and that's one thing that I've admired about you over the years. You're constantly innovating, learning how to uh, just being creative with the things that you're doing. You've been very successful in competitions. I'm looking at a wall of pictures behind you as we talk. Uh, you you're also you like music so that you have that creative outlet as well. Music. What's crazy that about music? I'm crazy about music. You are crazy and, about and, music. And mostly Beatles, of course. Right, you know. right. Everyone knows that, that Tony's the Beatles John guy. <laughs> yeah, and I've got a workshop coming up in Liverpool, England. I and saw I that, and I, I kind of want to come. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to come. Uh, and <clears throat> I think you. One of the ways that you've 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 maintained your creativity is is working through competitions and entering competitions and judging competitions. And I know you've been asked this question a million times. You're judging the WPPI competition. You've also done uh, work with PPA as well. Uh, on, on top level, what advice can you give to people for entering competitions and why continue to enter competitions even after all these years? You've won every award on the planet. I think it, I think it keeps you – I think it helps keep you sharp for one thing. Um, and I think that uh, – it, I think it can be a great discipline. You know what the judges like, and you know what they don't like. Right. So can you can you discipline yourself to produce the work that you know most of the judges have a tendency to vote one way or another for this technique or this technique, and they dislike this, and they really like this. And you can kind of get a feel for that the longer you've been doing this. This is my 42nd year, so I've been doing this now for a while. Yeah. And... But I think that what happens is uh, the things not to do and, and the things that I caution all young photographers against is don't ever enter anything that you have an emotional attachment to ah, because you will nice. hate the judging when you get a crappy result very on nice. a photo of your grandchild or your son's son sitting on the bumper of his new Jeep or whatever it is. Yeah. If there's a if there's an emotional attachment, you're not going to be happy here no matter what happens. You know, so so remove that as a possibility. And that you know? that is such great advice. And so often <laughs> when I've done critiques one on one with other photographers and I've said this, this and this, and it would immediately be followed with, well, you know, we were at this birthday party and it was there was this great light. And I thought if I could grab this person, but, you know, they really weren't into shooting. And I was like, whoa. So your emotional Stop. attachment is what? Yeah. <laughs> Your emotional attachment is what to, and and most of the time they're lovely yeah. pictures, and I'm sure that the people who are in the photo or the parents or whatever love the pictures, but if there's sure. an emotional attachment there, you've you've got to remove it from it, or if there is an emotional attachment there, you've got to understand that if there's something there that you're saying to yourself, well, maybe this is not right or that's not right, it probably is. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. I know one of my. One of my favorite pictures I've ever done was a uh, bride and groom that, that, and I'm not that great with couples, but it was it was one of my favorite favorite portraits ever done, and they didn't know each other, hmm. they were complete strangers. I had I hired them, 
and uh, and it was one of my favorite pictures because the the emotion between them they had to bring out and for some reason it made me work harder at my task and it wasn't just me documenting this true love i had to work and stretch and fight and claw to get this picture and and it was one of my favorite pictures ever so that's really neat that's really neat uh, I, totally random on that story. I, I was doing a workshop in New York about 15 years ago and, uh, we hired these models. We, you know, we would hire, uh, models for our workshops all the time. And I put these two kids together. They'd never met before and, uh, put them together as a bride and groom and took them out of the streets of New York. And these two fell in love with each other on really? the, at the workshop. And wound up getting married. I wound up shooting their <laughs> wedding. And they are still together. They're the cutest That's couple fantastic. you've ever met in your in your life. And they are the most beautiful people you've ever met. Uh, she's fantastic. super, super, super talented. Uh, she's she's had work on Off-Broadway. And he's a nurse. <laughs> They're the greatest couple. So, wow. yeah. There is a huge emotional attachment to their photos, but I also wound up taking really great photos of them as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fun, though. Isn't it, isn't it great where photography leads us and where it takes us? Yeah. And you've been in rooms where you looked around and you've got to say, how did I get in this room? Yeah. How, how, I, I'm a 22-year-old I'm a 20, kid in West Texas, and I'm standing in front of, you know, the world leaders at the United Nations. How, how, wait a second. This doesn't compute. How did I get here? You yeah. don't know where this thing can take you. And it's incredible how it can take you places. And yeah. I agree with you on that. Uh, the experiences that I've had from traveling for weddings to exotic locations to, it's funny that you say the United Nations I've shot there. And uh, some of the experiences you have of, of locations where events are held or just shooting on the streets of the city and things happen, you discover a new restaurant or, you know, with your with your clients. Those are the really fun parts that I miss about uh, the day to day part of being a photographer and sure. keeping things creative, especially when you're working events. I, I did stuff for Goldman Sachs for a long time. And uh, I have uh, uh, I used to shoot the retirement parties, and I have a check signed by oh god I, he was the, the he worked for one of our presidents in in the, he was on the the he was like the director of money for our country I forget I can't hmm. remember his name now but I have a check signed by him and <laughs> he was like the director of our of our money and our government and he was a super nice guy but. <laughs> You know, going and experiencing meeting people like that are just, I was just a random event photographer. It's incredible. Right? Right. It's incredible. So speaking of that. We get, we get to see, we get to see an awful lot of life from people that other people don't get to see. Yes. I'd love to hear if, and putting you on the spot now, you've got to have one good story of an event or something like that. Well. <laughs> of letting him think. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite story, I, I photographed, um, I've been very, very fortunate, and I have photographed a handful of celebrities and a handful of recognizable faces and mm. a lot of government officials. I photographed Hillary's campaign the last time she ran, uh, I've traveled with her a bit. So I've done a few a few things like that. But um, George Bush uh, Sr. 
George H.W. Bush. I had photographed him a number of times. He, George W. had an oil company in Midland, Texas, Zapata Oil. And then his dad was there in and out all the time. So George and Barbara were in and out of Midland all the time. So I photographed him a number of times in Texas. Then fast forward a few years, uh, he hires me to come down to uh, Florida, to the Keys, to uh, 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 the, uh, oh, what's it called, the Chica Lodge at uh, Almorada Key. Uh-huh. Chica Lodge was a great uh, resort, and he had a fishing tournament, a fundraiser for the Everglades. Uh-huh. And here's George Bush and all of his cronies, you know, uh, Norman Schwarzkopf and all of these celebrities and people paying, you know, $10,000 a day to fish with the president. So I was with him a week photographing wow. this fishing tournament. So we're on the water every morning at sunrise. We, we come off the water at four in the afternoon usually. Then everybody goes and cleans up and then there's a dinner every night. And uh, so one day we were out, it was probably the last day I think that we were on the water. And I'm, I'm, I'm in my boat with my guide the next boat over from me, 50 feet away, is President Bush and his guide and his grandson. And then over to the left of them is a CNN boat <laughs> and a Secret Service boat on the other side of that. So there's four of us in this little party. And the CNN guy starts screaming that there was a snake in his boat. <laughs> and, and I'm looking over there going, what? And Bush is just putting his finger up to his lips like shh be quiet don't scare, scare the fish, the fish come on away. we're scaring the fish and the guy's screaming and <laughs> and so i'm looking over there and i'm laughing so there was nothing to photograph for a while so i turned my camera on the cnn guy <laughs> so i'm shooting pictures of the cnn guy dancing around on his little flat bed you know this flat bottom boat and this we're in the three foot water out in the everglades on the bay side and it's funny and i'm laughing and finally i see him in the guide throw the snake out into the water and i'm laughing and life gets back to normal and bush relaxes and he starts fishing again and all of a sudden the cnn guy said hey he's coming your way and i looked down just as the snake made his way into my boat (laughs) now i'm screaming like a 12 year old girl because i really (laughs) don't like snakes and you know the long story short what happens in the in the at the end of the story we found from one of the guys from the Everglades that they're black mangrove snakes and they get tired. They're just trying to get any yeah. anything to get a rest right. and get up on top of so they can stop swimming. But I didn't know that he looked like <laughs> a big fat black rattlesnake that was going to take my head off. So I'm screaming and then Bush is looking at me, you know, as I'm screaming and he's looking at me saying, shh, quiet, come on, yeah. knock it off, you know. And uh, so anyway, it was a very, it was a very funny moment. And then later that night, and I thought I, I thought I'd gotten away with it, and later that night I was photographing Bush with uh, Chrissy Everett Lloyd, the former tennis player, mm. and they were together at this event, and I got them together and we were shooting, and he said, "Hey, Chrissy, did you hear about Tony's little friend, the snake?" <laughs> and it was just like, "Oh no," and, but they, he he remembered my name for the first time in ever, you know, and uh, as we left and he was leaving and I was leaving, he turned around and looked at me and said, "Thanks for a great week." And he said, uh, you, you added a lot to this event, and I appreciate you. And I said, you know, President Bush, if I had known you were this nice, I probably would have voted for you. <laughs> and, he just, and he looked at me like I was from Mars, and he went, what? I said, gotcha. And uh, I, he, I don't know if he thought I was kidding or serious, but they'd never hired me again from no, no. his team. 
So. <laughs> oh wow. But I did photograph him six or seven times in my career, and I, it was it was always a treat. He was always great with photographers. He loved photographers, you know. I had heard and he that he was Texans. Yeah, and I had heard that he was always really nice to the people around him, and uh, was was a super duper person. So that's that's a that's a great story. Cool. All right. So it's nice to hear some of these stories from here that that I've never heard before, and thank you for sharing them with with our audience. So we're gonna wrap up soon. I want to hear what's happening for the next year or so with you. You were talking about a workshop that you have coming up in London. Tell me about that. You know, we, we, uh, about four years ago, uh, there's a guy in Texas that's, uh, that assisted me at a workshop that I did for several years, six or seven years named Rob Hull and Rob and I became great friends over the years. And Rob's a very smart guy and a very decent photographer. And, uh, we started a workshop company. And so we're doing, usually every year we do maybe two or three international workshops, and then we'll do two or three domestic workshops. And the domestic ones will be like uh, an advanced Lightroom class in my studio or at his studio in Dallas, uh, or we're going to do, this year we're going to do an advanced studio lighting class here in my place. Uh, but we also do international. We've done Greece. We've done Ireland, Italy twice. Mm. Um, we've done a number of, uh, of workshops internationally. So this coming year in 22, if, uh, fingers crossed and all things yeah. being okay, uh, COVID wise, we have booked and are booking and taking reservations now for a Liverpool trip. That's basically. I've been. I've been to Liverpool a number of trips. I am. I am the biggest Beatles fan you've ever met. Uh, maybe not the biggest on the planet, but I'm pretty big. And uh, you don't want You don't. You don't want to have a Beatles trivia contest with me. No. You know. I'm. I'm a professional. So. <laughs> but no. Uh, no. The workshop in Liverpool is more of a photo tour than it is a workshop. It's. It's people that really want to go that are photographers, or they don't even have to be photographers. They just love the Beatles and want to go behind the scenes and see all the stuff that we've got organized and planned. If you saw that James Corden uh, carpool karaoke with Paul McCartney last year, every place that they went are on our schedule. And uh, <laughs> I've got I've got photographs of each of those spots already where I've been. I've been to all those same places. And so we'll take everybody there and we're having, you know, having beers in the same pubs and, you know, we're doing all that kind of stuff. And we'll go to the cavern every night for live music where the Beatles began their career. Um, and then we just, uh, have, we're just solidifying the dates today and tomorrow on the second international one for next year, and that's going to be a Greek Isle, oh. uh, eight days at Greek Isles on a beautiful yacht. And, and uh, we'll stay two days in Athens, and then we hit the waterfront. We load into this yacht that has 24 staterooms. Wow. Uh, and then we'll hit... Uh, every day we'll be on a different island in, wow. uh, in, in the sea. So it'll be fantastic. Santorini and Mykonos and all the, you know, all the hot spots on, that you would imagine. So uh, it's pretty great. We'll be sailing at night uh-huh. and then every day we'll be on a different island. You know? That sounds amazing. I'm in for that. Yeah. <laughs> Put me down for that. I'll take one of the staterooms right now. <laughs> and then in the middle of that, you know, we've got this very busy studio going on. And uh, yeah. Mandy, my wife, is very busy shooting. Uh, and, uh, and I've got commercial shoots, you know, not, I'm not shooting every single day. Most mm-hmm. commercial guys aren't. 
but I'm shooting enough to keep me out of trouble and I'm, I'm having a great time doing it and get some good work. So I'm pretty happy. I'm happy where I am in life right now. So that's good. Yeah, and your wife is a very lovely person. I got to know her at the Missouri PPA conference last year. That was awesome. And uh, you'll be at uh, PPI in, yeah. well, Sunday, right? You leave this week? Leave Saturday morning. You leave Saturday morning. And uh, you have been judging the competition. You've always been one of the, when we worked together, you were one of the the best judges. No drama. Always did a great job. And uh, I, I've appreciated your service working with me all those years, and uh, you, and that's been great. Set, you set a set a great pace of leadership while you were there, and uh, everybody wanted to do a good job for you. You know, so they, they did, did and really I really well. appreciated that. That meant a lot to me over those years, and there were a lot of cha- cha- uh, challenges with that competition, and and I think uh, uh, with Jerry and Melissa's help. Uh, we were able to stabilize and and create something for the future, and I'm I'm happy that Jerry and Melissa are still involved in that and still carry that torch. and And I'm sad yeah, to I'm sad to uh, uh, not be there this time, but uh, we will be together again soon. So thank you, Tony, for being on this this week's episode of thank Something you. You. I really Thank you. Thank you. I was it. I was really glad to see you when we when we came into uh, Kansas City last year and bumped into you at the Missouri thing. That was really fun for us. And I didn't know you were going to be there. So I was thrilled. I'm on the board. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I love those people up there. Yeah. We, we had another really great show. Come, come to all the conventions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're a great <laughs> group of people. I'm very fortunate that they've taken me in as their, as, into their family and, and, uh, I'm happy to help them. We had a good, we had a good show this year and, uh, we're, we're getting ready to do another one next year that I think is going to be even better. So uh, I'm happy to see the, the Missouri chapters is, is growing in membership and is strong. And you know all the challenges we have with these kinds of things uh, today. So I'm happy to, I'm happy to say that uh, things are going well. And part of it is thanks to you coming in and, and teaching for us. Anytime. Anytime anybody asks from up there, the answer is yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. So uh, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, thank you for being on this week's episode of something new every week. Tony, I can't wait to give you a big hug sometime soon. We will talk to you soon. Appreciate you, Jason. Thanks so much for all you do, buddy. Thanks again for tuning into something new every week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it. If you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this again, we want to thank our sponsor Miller's lab millerslab.com great company if you're not familiar with them you should go check them out thanks again for tuning into something new every week we will see you back here next week